Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Upsets, comebacks, and court storms. Oh, my. It was a fun night in college hoops. Plus, today on the show, we've got the return of the NBA tonight, as well as plenty of NFL offseason fodder for you over the course of the next two hours. Hi, I'm Stormy Bonantoni, alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, uh, our guy Elliot Bowman on the controls as usual today. But, Elliot, I, I mean, Michael, I feel like every single day that we come on on the show, something crazy is happening in college basketball every day. Every day. It's like the movie Hoosiers. You know, Mike Rhodes, the head basketball coach at Penn State, throws off Kane Cl- Clay Clary, the his leading scorer, like they did in the movie Hoosiers. Next thing you know, they beat they beat Illinois in a thriller, 90 to 89. And and we're all left to try to collect all the data around here. Like, what happened? You know, what's going on? I mean, you know, nobody thinks of State College as a basketball school as, you know, 6,000 people pile into the arena and watch this. I mean, it's pretty remarkable what he did, what, what Rhodes was able to do by saying, I don't need you was pretty impressive. Yeah, I was paying a little bit closer attention to the LSU-Kentucky game than I I was Penn State-Illinois just because I didn't have a bet in that game. And then you tune in at the end of the game. Illinois is up as many as 14, and they're up seven with 32 seconds or so to go. They hit a three, force a turnover on an inbound play, get two more, make it a two-point game. Then at the end of the game, a three-point attempt is missed, but he's fouled, goes to the line. That Hicks kid hits one, two, three, and they end up winning the game. Just a a remarkable finish in that one. And then same thing in LSU, Kentucky, where they had the the Wildcats had a big lead and then LSU comes back. And at the very end of the game, the kid goes up. Kentucky gets a block. You think that they're in business up one, but they can't get the loose ball. They can't get the rebound and LSU ends up winning it. Just so much fun. I love this time of year. And it's really getting me in the mindset for the madness. Like conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament is going to be awesome this year. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, Calipari said it in his press conference. I listened to it afterwards. What did he say? He said, don't tell me about your offense. You know, you can't stop a team. You can't get 50-50 balls. You can't win. But, you know, why don't we grab that ball? That's the winning ball. All we have to do is make that play. So, you know, it's that effort. You, you know, he's counting on it. And LSU comes away with a one-point win in the Southeast Conference game. So, look, I, I, I think to me – you know, like the NFL where, you know, I can say this, somebody said that the Chiefs will never win after they lost to the Raiders. They'll be one and done. I don't know if we know who the champion's going to be in college basketball because of all the upsets that could be ahead of us. For sure. 
Tyrell Ward uh, with Excuse less me, than a second left. He's he's the one that hits that shot, that floater in the paint to win. So Kentucky falls 75-74. LSU now has won back-to-back games against top 20 opponents. Um, and a couple other episodes too. Presbyterian last night, they're 10-point dogs. They win by 23. Cash is a 4-1 to dog on the money line. Oh, Oklahoma State on the road beat Cincinnati. They cash at plus 450. So getting me excited, that is for sure. Uh, and also, Michael, we've got the NBA that's coming back today the big news on tonight's 12 game slate a lot of really really good games on the card but lebron james is not going to be available for the game against the warriors after we were having a little bit of fun poking at some of his all-star comments with regards to the potential trade there with golden state he's not going to be available dealing with a little bit of an ankle issue he needs treatment on perioneal tendinopathy michael so i'm I'm not a doctor so i'm not going to pretend to know what that is but needs additional treatment Yeah, I guess, whatever, you know, I mean, why not? Uh, You know, I don't think this load management thing, you got to play in so many games for the awards has affected anybody. Although I think it might have affected Kawhi because Kawhi might be the MVP of this league, the way he's playing and the way the Clippers are playing right now. So, you know, maybe it is affecting him because we haven't seen him play in this many games so long. And LeBron is, you know, with his age, you certainly want to take the time off. I mean, I don't think this is about him not – him handling load management as opposed to him just being really what he needs to do to take care of his body to get ready for the the May or the late April run that's going to be required. Yep. So I'm looking forward to the second half of the NBA season. You know, tonight I get the Sixers. Oh, yeah. You know, I get to see Kyle Lowry in a uniform. I mean, you know, we'll see how this all goes. We'll be optimistic, Stormy, for a moment, <laughs> for just a moment. For a moment. Uh, by the way, Golden State was a four and a half point favorite yesterday. They're up to six now in that 76ers Knicks game. Your boys are a one point favorite at home. Total 228. Both of these teams, though, were struggling going into the break. You, you know, this. I'm surprised you have optimism giving the Embiid injury and how the Sixers have done three and nine straight up their last 12 before the break. And they haven't covered at home in their last six home games, Michael. So am I the negative one today about the 76ers? Is it is that me? Well, I think a lot of it down the st- when they were playing down the stretch, right? Harris was hurt, Maxi was hurt. They really didn't have their full complement of players. I mean, not that Embiid's coming back, but I think there was a lot of uncertainty. I think right before the trade deadline, where they traded a bunch of pieces, I think the players knew they were getting traded. So there was a lot of s- stuff going on behind the scenes that I think was happening, and uh, ultimately. You know, they had to make that decision and, you know, they made the trades and now they can they've had time to get themselves together to see what they can do without the, you know, as he rehabs his knee for however long it's going to take. Um, the the Knicks, by the way, 0-6 ATS, 1-5 straight up their last six. So they came in limping in as well a little bit, dealing with some health concerns there. Uh, your Sixers, 25-1 to to win the NBA title, 12-1 to to win the Eastern Conference, where things sit currently. And we'll get some plays on today's action in college hoops, in the NHL as well, when Mike Somich joins us a little bit later on this hour. Also, as usual, in our, our Thursday Lombardi line, Mike Palm will join us for the final half an hour of the program later on in hour two. Um, um, but let's get to a little bit of the NFL news, Michael, because yesterday we were on the air when the yeah. Justin Fields sound dropped when he went on the St. Brown Bros podcast. They asked him about unfollowing the Bears. And, you know, we got the great quote, just because you don't follow a girl doesn't mean you're not messing with her. Uh, the Bears, of course, hold the first and ninth overall picks in the NFL draft. He, he just said ma- mainly his reason for that was because he didn't want a lot of NFL stuff and negativity on his feed because all of the comments that he sees on any of those posts are about either, hey, the Bears should get rid of Justin Fields and take Caleb Williams, or there's other people that are on his side, but it's a whole thing. He gave a little extra context, too, on how he feeling about the situation take a listen if it was up to me i would want to stay in chicago i love the city the city's lit the the fans there you know they're great Mm -hmm. and the people but um it's a business i ain't got no control over it so whatever happens happens but i feel like the biggest thing with all this going on right now i just wanted to be over like just let me know if i'm getting traded let me know if i'm staying it's an act what do you think about atlanta like you like you like atlanta Helena would be tough. The only con of going back home is just people hitting my phone crazy. Yeah. You know, wanting tickets to the game. But I mean, uh, yeah. I think I think they got a lot of play playmakers on the team. And um, of course Bijan. They got my boy Kyle and then of course Drake too. Um they probably need one more receiver, but um they definitely got some guys over there. Well, he's thought about it enough that he's playing GM here, thinks they could get another receiver, Michael. 
You're so good, Stormy. You figured that out quickly, right? I mean, yeah. Well, they need another receiver. You know, they can't make explosive plays. I mean, it's kind of interesting how he's kind of broken that down. He's like, he's done nothing. Although nobody asked him, why did you follow Bijan and London and all those guys? So, look, I, I, I think it'll be fascinating. I mean, to me, it all comes down to where do they see this thing going? Like, if you are the... If you are the Atlanta Falcons, how do you end up signing him to an extension? Like, what do you do? Like, how do you figure or formulate the extension? Now, what they did with, with Jordan Love was a smart thing because they weren't sure what they saw in him or what they had in him, and they needed to figure out what, what could go on. So, you know, they've got to pick up the op. The fifth-year option is going to be somewhere around $22 million if they do that. So say you trade for this guy. You're going to have to trade for the one-year contract, which is really reasonable. It's $3.2 million, $1.6 in a roster bonus, $1.6 in base salary. And then you're going to have to figure out, do you want to pick up the $23 million we're fully guaranteed in the fifth year? It's a two-year contract at a relatively cheap number. If you So if you just take a look at this and you say, I'm trading for fields, you're saying to yourself, I'm going to take on $25 million, $12 million each year, $12.5 million each year for what I think is a starting quarterback, and I'll have a decision to make after that fifth year. I'll two years, so what's that worth? Is that worth a fifth? Is that worth a fourth? Is that worth a third? Is it worth a two to do it? Because you do have two years. I mean, that's the thing. You're not trading for a one-year deal. Like what we saw this offseason when Chase Young and Sweat went, those deals were expiring. So you do have a second year. But I think it's got to be it's it's got to be tempered in the right way, right? I mean, Alex Smith got traded. We saw that, and uh, you you know back in the day where he got traded, and I he had years, and they redid his deal, so it's doable. But I think if you're trading for him, you're saying this is a two year deal, twenty five million. Sure, and you could tell listening to Fields too. I think another layer of maybe where he's at mentally is the frustration of just the not knowing right now because this time last year, Ryan Poles was very clear and communicative about, hey, don't worry about it. You're you're our guy. And now probably growing a little bit impatient with the just not knowing for sure what's going to happen for him. I think we on the outside looking in, right. I'll feel like it's pretty much a done deal that he's ultimately not going to be a Chicago Bear anymore. But even publicly, we've seen those reports come out that they don't they expect to have their plan in place by the scouting combine, but don't yet. Although you said yesterday you're you're pretty darn positive they know, they just haven't said it. They haven't said it. But here's the thing though, you gotta ask yourself, everybody's got them going to Atlanta. You know, I mean you gotta give up a compensation. Wouldn't Atlanta be better with Zach Robinson as your offensive coordinator, who's from the Kyle Shanahan scheme, who's from the Sean wouldn't you be better off going after Kirk Cousins? They're not going to franchise Kirk Cousins. He's going to be a free agent. I mean, it's just going to come down to what your willingness to spend for a 36-year-old quarterback who's coming off an Achilles. But to me, if you're Atlanta and you want to, you need to win. I mean, Atlanta's seven and ten, seven and ten, seven and ten the last three years. Is there any guarantee if you trade for Fields, you're going to be better than seven and ten? Hell, he's only won ten games in three years. 10 and 28 in three seasons, 60% completion, 40 passing touchdowns, 30 interceptions. But he has those feet that have the wow plays and have people yeah. believing that he could be something special. There's there's a lot more still to unpack about Justin Fields. We'll get to that and plenty more. We're just getting started here on the Lombardi line. Stay with us. Got a great two hours ahead. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. Oh, 
OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to the Lombardi Line. If you haven't already, make sure you check out the new and improved vcin.com. Our website's got a fresh new look, enhanced navigation with a mobile-first focus, improved functionality, and expanded educational content on the website today. Plenty of best bets, trends, predictions, everything you need to know for college basketball, the NBA, the NHL, and if you're all ready for baseball, don't worry. We've got an article on how to bet on spring training for baseball. So get ready for that. VEASAN.com is where you can get it all. Uh, welcome back. Stormy Bonantoni and Michael Lombardi with you. And, and Michael, before we hit the break, we were talking a little bit about maybe Kirk Cousins could be an interesting name yeah. for a conversation with the Atlanta Falcons. There was a report from Albert Breer that came out earlier this week where he said the Vikings weren't willing to give Kirk Cousins a fully guaranteed contract. And I kind of wanted to go down this road because where things sit right now, the Vikings are still a minus 200 favorite to land the services of Kirk Cousins moving forward. O'Connell has made numerous comments about how he would like to see Kirk Cousins there. We know he's comfortable. That's where his family is. He likes living there. Ultimately, what would be the defining, deciding factor to you? Do you think that fully guaranteed contract is that important to Kirk Cousins at 36 years old? And as you said, coming off the Achilles. Well, I mean, you know, certainly I think it, it's got to be interesting if somebody else could give it to him. Here, here's the issue, right? Cousins has got his contract voids on 313-24. And he has a full no trade clause in his contract. So they can't agree to a trade or trade him somewhere else. So he carries $28.5 million of dead money. If he leaves, they're on the books for $28.5. Now, they could restructure this contract and do away with the void. They have every right to do that right now because, you know, we this is what you – they could tear up this contract and start it over again and maybe lower some of that cat, dead cap money because that's lingering out there. That's on their cap for next season. If he walks on 313 and he voids, then, you know, they're going to eat 28.5. And now if they re-sign him, what is his cap number going to be? So I think a lot of this is is gamesmanship, right? I mean, you know, if you cut me, you know, if, if I void on 313, you, I, you've got $28 million that you still remember me by and you want to do a new contract. So the onus is on you to give me the deal I want. That's kind of how I'm reading this. 
So before Cousins tore his Achilles back in week eight uh, and was miss, forced to miss the final nine games of the season, he was having a career year for himself. 18 touchdowns, five interceptions in eight games, nearly 70% completions. His QBR was the best that he had had since 2016. So a lot of things were going well for him in that offense. But I wonder, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, like how much interest should we expect four teams from him, given that he's coming off the injury. And the last time that he went through this process, he really only had two primary suitors in the Vikings and Jets. Now he's older. Now he's got a popped Achilles coming off of an injury. It's, you know, tough, one of the tougher injuries in the sport to recover from. What, what, what is your expectation for the way that teams are going to be looking at Cousins? Well, I mean, you know, my only exposure, I mean, he obviously was playing really well. And the reason I brought up Atlanta is because Zach Robinson is in that system and they all know when he's in that system under center boots and nakeds and all that. But the only thing I could go out the Achilles is you brought this to my attention was when he was dancing. Yeah. I mean, he looked good dancing, right? <laughs> he For did. moving around. You he, know, he looked pretty damn good. It looked like he had movement. So... If he's healthy, I can't see him not playing for two more years. They gave him a two-year deal before with 35 per year fully guaranteed. I can't see why if they feel like and they can they can watch him if they feel like he can play for two more years why they wouldn't just guarantee it. They're on the hook for 28-5. I mean, they're they're stuck with it. They're not getting away from that. I'd have a hard time thinking that Kevin O'Connell sees himself having the quarterback of his future because if he doesn't sign with Minnesota, they're in a complete rebuild because Daniel Hunter's not going to – I mean, it's going to try to tumble down. I think they need him. I mean, they need him to bridge themselves. Could they get someone else? Sure you could. You could always – you could sign Jacoby Brissett. You could sign somebody else at a much reduced number and move on. But I, I And you're still carrying $28.5 million yeah. of debt. I just wonder – and then you're going to have to get yourself a quarterback anyway. Yeah, we'll see what that figure ends up being and, and where Cousins ultimately lands. But because you mentioned that dancing, for anybody who missed it, at NFL Honors, he and Cam Jordan were up on the stage breaking it down with the Magic Mike cast here in Vegas. And everybody talks about Aaron Rodgers when he was coming back from the Achilles and throwing a football on the field. What what Cousins was doing was pretty, pretty impressive, I will say. Yeah. Um, another, I mean, you made me watch it yeah. when we were together in Vegas. I mean, like, that was pretty damn good, yeah. right? He's got, some, he's got some moves, too. He can sing as well. Multi-talented, that Kirk Cousins. He Another... Don't you think he'll be on Dancing with the Stars soon? I mean, if I were if I were producing Dancing with the Stars, I'm like, we got to get that guy over here. Have him in Is the back pocket for, for when them? he retires. I think so. I think he's yeah. It's, it's the NFL. Yeah, me too. It's the NFL, Michael. Um, but another team that yeah. is in need of fixing at the quarterback position is certainly uh, the New England Patriots. This past year, they were tied for last with only the Carolina Panthers in the NFL at 13.9 points per game, 31st in total QBR. Only the Jets had worse quarterback play than New England, 31st in third down percentage. All of these, their worst numbers since 1992. And head coach Gerard Mayo, as well as offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt, took to the podium yesterday, and we're talking a little bit about their plans for the offense. Let's take a listen to the the Patriots' new OC on some of his thoughts. There's some good pieces in place. Um, I think the best thing for everybody is just... Well, since he cut out, I can complete that quote. Uh, he said, we have some good pieces in place. I think the best thing for everybody is going to be a fresh start for everyone. I've talked to a couple guys already about coming in with a clean slate, no preconceived expectations or notions about who these guys are, and then we'll build from the ground up. And yes, Mac Jones was among those players discussed when asked specifically about Mac being the starter. He said, quote, everything is on the table for the Patriots. Well, look, I, I think this, you know, I mean, you can say we're going to start clean. This is in high school, right? I mean, we're got, we, the reason we tape all these games is to watch them, right? I mean, that's just the reality. We watch them, we study them, we draw conclusions. Now, there's some circumstances that come into play. What were you told? What was happening on this play, that play? But, you know, look, that, this is all just a kind of a, a decoy to let not to make people think they're going to be completely quarterback hunting. They have to be. I don't think I think they're a team that if they got a quarterback, they got to fix the offensive line in terms of they don't have a left tackle. What do they sign? What do they do at right tackle at, at that situation? So there's a couple of things they need to do in there. But for the most part, like any team, like the Houston Texans, you get the quarterback, everything else starts to look a little rosy. 
and they need to fix that. It'll be interesting to see what direction they go. They're in a high enough draft pick that if they like somebody there well enough, they certainly can go after them. Yeah, currently hold that number three overall pick in the upcoming draft and a few quarterbacks that people talk about very, very highly beyond Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and the list goes on. Mac Jones, 18 to 24 in three seasons as the Patriots starter, 46 touchdowns, 36 interceptions. But I wonder, Michael, like I keep on thinking about this. Did Matt Patricia and Joe Judge just break just break Mac Jones because the regression from that time has just gone down oh downhill from when he was a runner up for offensive rookie of the year. When he entered the league, it has been a far cry from what we saw from him his first season. Yeah. I, and, and I think it, you know, it started going in the wrong direction with, with, with Joe and with Matt, but then it really went bad with Billy O. Like it really went bad with yeah. Billy O. Like, I don't know, like last year was as bad as I've ever seen it. But although I went back and watched his year with Josh, you know, Josh McDaniels. And it there were some moments where it wasn't good, where he was making some poor decisions with the football. But it, it got really bad at that point there. And I think to me, that's going to be uh, that's going to be something that I don't know if it's just on one person. I think it's going to be really about, you know, about him improving in a lot of other areas that he's going to have to do. And then they've got to compare him, Stormy. They've got to compare him to all the other guys that are out there. Like, who else can they get? What can they do? And, you know, where can they improve their football team? Which I think this gives an ample opportunity to find that. Find that They're going to have plenty of opportunity to do it. So if you're the Patriots and you're in that number three position, do you think that it's a quarterback that they have to take? Or would you want to try to beef up your offense or in another way, maybe a Marvin Harrison Jr. or do something else with the pick, trade down maybe and get J.J. McCarthy a little bit later? What are, what would yeah, your thoughts I mean, be with that number three pick? I think that's the conversation, right? You know, and it's too early to tell because we haven't gone to the combine. But if you like somebody else, if you like Bo Nix, if you like McCarthy, and you say, look, there's not enough of this separation between the two, then, you know, we could pick a guy or we could trade down. We could get more picks. We could end up doing a lot of different things. I think the one thing that combine does for us is it says it tells us if where the level of greatness is, right? I mean, you know, like, where is the elite player and where is the cutoff from the elite player? Like you don't want to pass up a generational talent because you want to trade down. But if no one's a generational talent, does it matter whether you pick somebody seventh or 10th? They're all the same player. Absolutely. A lot of interesting conversations still to come. The NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis beginning this coming Monday. We're going to hit the break. When we come back, look into some best bets for tonight. Our guy, Mike Somich, VEASAN host, professional handicapper, is going to join us on the program in a moment. We'll be right back. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VSIN experts have you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming college hoops betting guide with bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting splits for every game. Visit VSIN.com slash pro to subscribe today. That's VSIN.com slash pro. And let's get into a little more college hoops talk here on the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Tony with you as we bring in great friend of the show like we do every Thursday, Mike Somich, VSIN host of The Handle here every weekend, professional handicapper. Also, as a little tease, see a little bit more of him around this time next week right here on the Lombardi line. Uh, Mike, welcome in. And we were talking about it off the top of the show. This college football season, especially lately with all the upsets, has been so much fun. How have you been taking things in? I, it's been good. I mean, it's, it's been a fun, fun college basketball season. We saw UConn get knocked off by Marquette. We saw Purdue go down to Ohio State. I, I love this time of year because you get a lot of top efforts from these teams and these these big time basketball conferences. But you've also got the smaller conferences who are also fighting for seeding. You've got a lot of past information, which I really like. You've got a lot of teams that have played each other before. So you can go back and look at those box scores and kind of analyze, hey, what was the line in that game? How they shoot from three? How was the rebounding? Because there's certain stats that are repeatable. And there are other stats you're going to see variance in. So if you see consistency in the repeatable stats, but you're able to pick where the variance was plus or minus for certain teams, you're able to get some edges in these college hoops games. Mike, to Grand Canyon, uh, we were talking yesterday, a couple people mentioned them as potentially a, 
a shocker when they get to the tournament, if they make it, if they win their conference. But today, you know, they're playing Tarleton State, who they played earlier in the year, and I think they won by 20. They're only a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. I mean, it seems a little bit off. I know they're playing at they're playing on the road in this game, but it seems a little off, although I do know this because I paid for my subscription this year's Ken Palm. I'm on that program yeah, again. Yeah. I just want you to know that I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. He only has it as a five-point game. What What do you see? Like to me, that first game indicates it could be a bigger, bigger, a bigger cushion than five. I, I laid the four and a half with Grand Canyon here, and I agree with you, Michael. I, I made this game seven. I, the last game you mentioned it was a twenty-point game. That was at Grand Canyon. Both teams shot from three, right around where you'd expect. The turnovers were right around you expect. Tarleton State actually picked up ten points additional at the free throw line, which is one of those stats that I look at that I don't think is that repeatable. The difference is how tar- Tarleton State has played since that game. They've been playing a lot better basketball, and that's why we've seen the adjustment here in the line and why this isn't a bigger number. Tarleton State right now second in the conference to Grand Canyon who is first in the conference, 11 and one overall. But even when I go through all of that, I can't find enough of a reason to believe this is going to be over a 15 point flip from the, that last final score. Like I said, the three pointers right in line. This was a grand, this is a grand Canyon team. When you break them out and you look at them, they're right around a middling big 12 team, which would dominate these type of teams in conference. And we were actually on Tarleton state. If you remember it last week, we were catching five and a half. They won outright on the road. This is a spot where I want to fade them, though. I, I trust Grand Canyon is going to be able to keep it going. And offensively, they put up 80 a game. They're one of the better offensive teams in the country. They're going to be able to put points up here against Tarleton State. It's whether or not Tarleton State is going to be able to score with them at home. I do expect a really good atmosphere there, but I still think Grand Canyon gets it done. So I played them laying the four and a half today. Mike, how much do you take into account letdown spots and look ahead spots? Because tonight we're also going to see Ohio State playing their first game since that upset against number two Purdue this past week. Uh, Minnesota is laying three and a half in this game against the Buckeyes. It, it, could this be a potential letdown for Ohio State after all of the emotions of getting such a big win? You read my mind, Stormy. This is one of those spots where I want to play the letdown here for Ohio State. They were supposed to be good this year, and they have really struggled in conference. They're just 5-10 and in conference. And these two teams have played once before. They played at Ohio State. Ohio State won that game by 10. They were 11.5-point favorites in that spot. So they didn't end up covering, but they had a nice three-point advantage over Minnesota. I don't think you're going to see that here in Minnesota, one of the tougher places to play in conference. Minnesota only lost two conference games at home so far this year, one of those to Wisconsin, who's a nationally ranked team, the other to Iowa in a close game. I think you're going to see a flat Ohio State tonight. Look, they're not going to make the tournament unless they win the Big Ten tournament. That Purdue game was very much their Super Bowl. Be able to win that game at home, have all those emotions. That was where all of their energy was focused. Now they have to go on the road to a tough Minnesota team and try and take care of business in back-to-back games. I think that's going to be awfully tough in this spot. I made this game three, so I I actually think this line is right about correct. But because of the spot here, I'm going to lay the three and a half with Minnesota, who I think gets it done at home against a flat Ohio State team. You see Irvine's the best team in the Big West, right? I mean, they've been playing really well. They're they're well coached offensively and defensively. They're they're playing Santa Barbara, your hometown team right there, who's got Mitchell, one of the best players in the conference on it. But Santa Barbara can't play defense. And you kind of feel like Irvine they lay the points with them in this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to lay it with Irvine here. This is a nice spot for Irvine. Santa Barbara, one of the teams that's really struggled in conference. And when you look, they don't mind getting blown out. They're not able to play defense. Irvine able to take advantage of that. This is another rematch game. Irvine was laying three and a half against Santa Barbara at Santa Barbara. They easily covered that game. I think they're going to be able to blow Santa Barbara out tonight. This is a gaucho team, which I've enjoyed fading the last couple weeks. Another play from last week. We had UC San Diego laying the five and a half at home against San, Santa Barbara. They were able to easily cover. This is a spot where UC Irvine at home should be able to get that offense going. And I'm not sure the Gauchos are going to be able to keep up with them. They do have a phenomenal singular player, but the rest of the team struggles scoring sometimes, especially on the road. So this is a spot where I'm happy to lay the nine here with Irvine. I know you have one more bet for tonight, but I I am curious before we get to that about the top 25 matchup that we do have in Washington State and Arizona today. A little curious that a top 25 matchup. The Wildcats are laying 13 and a half points in this one. Is that, is that surprising to you at all, especially given how well Washington state has played recently, or is that just a testament to the power ranking of this Arizona team? 
I think it's a testament to the power ranking of the Arizona team. I mean, if you look at this, this Pac-12 top to bottom, it's really Arizona and everybody else. So when you have a team like Washington State who is playing good basketball, they're able to pick on some of the rest of this conference because I do believe they're the next best team in the conference. But that gap from Arizona to Washington State is still pretty wide. I made the game 12 and a half. So for me, there wasn't really a playable side here. We've seen it go from 13 and a half down to 13 now. So there is some Washington State money coming in. But in college basketball, if I think there's not a situational advantage or a rematch advantage, I'm not going to play a game where I'm only a half point off. So in this spot, I, I passed on it. I agree it should be double digits here. 13 and a half is a little aggressive. But to me, this is one where I'm going to pass it. I'm going to watch it. But Arizona, by far the class of the Pac-12. So not surprised we're seeing this big of a line. Mike, I mean, you know, you dip into these conferences. I mean, you got UMass Lowell, which is one of the smallest schools in there. And you're going to, I love it. I mean, you're going to, you can, you span the globe. You can get everywhere. A lot of times you find value on these smaller teams, smaller conferences, smaller schools versus the bigger games. Like I said, that that Arizona-Washington State game, it's lined right where I'd expect it. So I, I can't find much value there, there. But if I jump into UMass Lowell taking on Binghamton, I can find some value. This is a game where these two teams, again, have played in the past. Lowell was a seven and a half point favorite on the road. They ended up winning that game by double digits. Now they come home later in the season. When you go back to that first box score, what jumps out is the three point shooting. Lowell shot a little bit better from three than expected. Binghamton shot a little bit worse from three expected. That's surprising, especially at home. But it was only about a six point flip. And that was a 20 point game. So that would still have been a 14 point final score based on the kind of the averages over the course of the season. If they each shot from three. Now I get. Lowell at home, better in conference against a Binghamton team that has struggled so far this season. I'm happy to lay the eight and a half here. I'm all favorites today, which is a little bit scary. Usually I don't like playing all favorites. Had two dogs last week, but when my numbers line up, I'm going to play the numbers here, and I think the favorites are going to have a good night tonight. The ye old river Hawks. Love it. Uh, we've also, Mike, got an 11 game slate in the National Hockey League coming up today. So if you're if you're all favorites in college hoops, do we have any plus money prices in the NHL that we can take a look at tonight? What you got? Yeah, let's go to the best team in hockey right now. Vancouver, they're taking uh, they're they're playing tonight and they're minus 140 if you look at them on the money line, but you, if you dive into it deeper, uh, you can get plus 195. They're going into Seattle. Seattle not been phenomenal at home. They're just 11 and 9 at home. Vancouver 18 and 10 on the road. And this is a Vancouver team that needs to get right. They've been phenomenal all, all season. They're leading the NHL in plus minus but they have struggled over their last three games. And this is the perfect get right spot for me. They should be able to put up quite a few goals here against a crack in defense that has struggled. So I'm willing to lay the goal and a half here and take that plus 195 big price here on Vancouver. Wow. I love it. And then you also <laughs> like the, the, the Panthers, the Florida Panthers and the Canes under six and a half. I do. This is one of the ones where it was surprised me when I got to it. But if you look at this, the Panthers, one of the top scoring teams in the NHL, but the Carolina Hurricanes, when they're at home, they really control the pace of play. And that's going to push this game toward the under. You got two better goalies in the NHL in net here. I think this is going to be more of a defensive battle. We're getting more toward playoff style hockey because of the later in the season that we're getting. And these two teams will probably see each other in the playoffs, two of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. I think this is going to be a tight checking game, six and a half, a little bit too high. I made this number six. We've seen some money come in toward the under now, so we've seen a little bit of juice go toward that under. But if you can still get that six and a half out there, highly recommend getting this one in. I think Carolina controls the pace of play, which pushes this game under. Good stuff as always, Mike. Thanks for doing this, pal. Yeah, of course. Looking forward Thank to next you, week. We'll see you, see you then. Yes, Have a good sir. one. See you soon. And remember, you can check him out before that as well. Coming up in a couple days this weekend, The Handle every Saturday and Sunday right here on Beeson and DraftKings Network. We're going to hit the break. When we come back, we started an exercise earlier this week. Sit them, tag them, or let them walk. We'll continue when we return on the Lombardi Line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use the promo code VSEN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Thank you to Mike Somich for joining us, giving out some of his best bets for the day. If you want to use one of those for the promotion, go for it. Stormy Bonantoni and Michael Lombardi mm-hmm. back with you here on the Lombardi line. And earlier this week, Michael, with the franchise tag window officially opening up, we did a little exercise. We started it, but we didn't get to finish it called sign them, tag them or let them walk. Looking at some of these players who are up for the franchise tag with their respective teams. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in a unique situation on the surface where they have three players that could be headed for free agency in Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield and Antoine Winfield jr. But it seems a little bit obvious that Winfield is going to be the one in that position because of the cost of the tag for the other two players. So let's start with Antoine Winfield jr. Sign him, tag him or let him walk. Well, I mean, they got to keep somebody right. And they got some cap issues. You can't tag Mayfield because that number you start negotiating from that point on. So to me, you've got a lot of work to do. They're going to be a busy team at the combine. I think to me, at worst case scenario, you tag Winfield because he is a good player. You know, you don't want to carry that cap number for as long as you do. That's why they're going to work out these next 10 days and try to work a deal. But for me, I, I think ultimately you've got to tag him because the other two you can't. And you need to keep your players, but they've got so much cap issues they've got to get through. I think it's going to take them a little bit of time. So with that, what do you think ends up ultimately happening with Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans? Obviously, they both want to stay in Tampa, but is that reality? Well, I think Mike Evans is going to have a huge market, right? It's all about the market. So I think he's going to have a huge market in terms of getting a number that's close to what he wants. Mayfield's best number is going to come from the from the Buccaneers. You know, Carolina, his former coach, Dave Canales, I don't think they're going to go for it, certainly because of Bryce Young. But who else is your competition? One thing about quarterbacks, you could sit there and look at your competition. Would the Raiders pay a lot of money for Baker Mayfield and not draft a quarterback? I don't think so. Would Atlanta, you know, he'd let them on a comeback to win the game in Atlanta. 
that seems a little bit strange to me. People are trying to put them up in New England, but I don't see that one either. So for me, I would say, you know, the best deal is going to come from the Buccaneers. So that's why I think they'll get them back. And he, if you remember when he and a number of players were out here in Las Vegas for Super Bowl week, the hot mics a little bit when he was leaving one of the sets here in Vegas on Media Row, he was saying like, yeah, our, our plan is to run it back and, you know, kind of giving some insight to some of those behind the scenes conversations. So where I sit right now, I still expect Baker Mayfield to come back and be the quarterback of the Bucks, but it's anybody's game in free agency. That is for sure. How about the Raiders running back Josh Jacobs, Michael, uh, obviously dealt with some injuries this year ended up with 805 yards, six touchdowns in 13 games. So a far cry from last season when he was the NFL's rushing leader. Sign him, tag him, or let him walk. I'm going to try to sign him. I'm not going to tag him because I've got, you know, that eats up my cap room. And I'm just going to play the game of where I think this could go. Like, let the market declare. There's nothing wrong with letting the market declare what you have to pay. Then you have the option to come back. Because one thing I do know about Josh Jacobs, I think he likes Antonio Pierce. I think he likes playing for the Raiders, and I know the Raiders want him to be there. So I fully expect him to come back and say, okay, you know, what, 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 this is what I have in the market. This is what it would take, and here's what I'm going to need. And then see where you go. So I think you'll get first right of refusal. There's nothing wrong with first right of refusal, right? You don't have to tag to get first right. Or at least you get the market value. Michael, do you think that we're going to get another running back Zoom conference this offseason? Yeah, of course we are. Yeah, we're going to complain about it, and it'll be, the media will cover it like crazy, and, we'll, and it'll go on. I mean, I don't know why you're going to tag. I mean, look, at the reality of it is, is you, you've got to find other ways. You can't pay everybody in a cap world. There's always going to be somebody who's going to lose. No question about that. Uh, let's keep these rolling here with some of the players who are up for a potential franchise tag while the window is open from now until March 5th. Ravens defensive tackle Justin Matabuke, his franchise tag value, Michael, $20.9 million. Sign him, tag him, or let him walk. I'm tagging him. I'm going to tag him. I mean, look, I want to get him signed to a contract, and I'm going to take the next 10 days. But the fine inside defensive lineman is hard. And, you know, you got to pay. I'd rather pay him than Ronnie Stanley. They paid Ronnie Stanley. I'd rather pay him. They need him in there. And I think to me, you got to pay him. So I'm going to tag him. I'm going to try to get him done before, but I'm going to tag him. 13 sacks, 33 quarterback hits, 52 combined tackles, 12 TFLs, one forced fumble for him. Let's stick with the position. Christian Wilkins out there with the Miami Dolphins, Michael. Same tag value, same position, defensive tackle. Sign him, tag him, or let him walk in Miami. Well, I'm going to tag them, but they have no room to tag them. $51 million, they're over the cap, plus all they talk about is re-signing Tua. So, you know, and that and Tua's already said it's due to happen, and the, you know, so they're going to do that. I, 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 to me, I, I'm going to keep him. He's going to make a lot of money in the open market. There's no question because he's a really good player, can rush the, he can pressure the quarterback. He's not a pass rusher. He can pressure the quarterback. But he's got the ability to make it, you know, to make the in, take the inside run. He's a physical presence inside, really a good player. I'm definitely tagging him, but they don't have the cap room, Stormy. So how tough is that from the uh, a general manager perspective? Obviously, you've been in that chair and you've had to go through this entire process when there's so much from the outside looking in, people telling you what you should do, thinking what you should do. You're trying to have the conversation with the player. Hey, I want you around, but can we make the financials work? How difficult are those conversations this time of year? Well, you're always having it with the agent, not directly with the player. But here's where the hard part gets into, which I don't think the fans understand, is is what is the owner's tolerance to spend cash over cap, right? That That's the key. Because the cap is always going to balance itself out. The owner's eventually going to come out even on the cap because it takes away when you spend cash over cap. For example, the last 10 years, the Patriots have been the lowest spending team in the National Football League. They've won Super Bowls, but they've not spent cash over cap. Okay, and that's because they don't have a lot of bad contracts that they redo. They don't want they don't want that dead money. But when you have Kirk Cousins and he's eating twenty eight million dollars of your cap and he's not on your team, you're going to go cash over cap because you're going to have to spend to get some contracts redone. It's a vicious cycle. It's a credit card. 
And so that's really where the conversation comes in. Now, Stephen Ross, the owner of Miami, he's been spending money like crazy because he wants to win a Super Bowl. And he's not not been shy about going cash over cap. It hasn't worked. But he hasn't been shy about it, you know. So I think that's really the conversation that the fans don't see. Everybody thinks because of the cap, everybody's going to spend equally. No, not that's not always the case. You know, they're going to spend based on what the owner's tolerance is for cash over cap. With the cap. owner could say to you, "Look, it's your cap. You run it." But there's only so much money on signing bonus and guarantee you can get. Yeah, for sure. What was the, just because cap is on the mind right now, what did you think of the number that has been put out there for what the salary cap might raise to uh, Mike Florio over there of PFT and NBC? He he said it could raise to upwards of maybe $250 million. Look, you know, the cap is tied to revenue, Right. The cap is all tied to revenue. So it's the revenue that comes in. That's why when we go to, that's why t- anybody who gets mad at Taylor Swift for what she's done for the game is, is they're, they're hurting themselves. They're hurting all of us, you know, us in television, us in field. Yeah, it's the revenue streams, the ratings come in, all that goes on to the players. The owners don't make all the money. You know, the players get value. Now, the problem is in the league is some of the players that are going to be getting money aren't really worth it. We're getting further and further away from value. That's the hard part. That's why you have to draft so well. But the money that's coming in is always going to end up getting to the players, which is what it should do. They're the ones who people are watching to play this great game. And it's going to continue to rise because of it. All right, let's hit one more here before we have to go to the break. Sign him, tag him, or let him walk. Bears corner, Jalen Johnson, the franchise tag value, $18.8 million. I'm going to tag them. I mean, look, they they are the least spending team last year. They spent $190 million of, of cash last year. They don't really have any, they don't really have any, you know, debt. And so, you know, they could easily tag him. And they're not going to pay a quarterback. I think that's pretty clear, right? I think they're going to allow that quarterback to go out and then they'll trade him and do whatever they want to do. But for me, I'm going to keep the best corner and go from there. Now, Eberflus, you know, the way he plays his scheme, this is part of the issue too, is you, you don't really want to put a lot of money in corners because he's a zone concept guy. And you can find young players in the zone concept that you could put out there. But at some point, you got to play man-to-man. And I just think, to me, you can't let good corners get out there. He'll make more than that in the open market. Promise you that. Four four interceptions, including a pick six in 14 games played, 10 pass deflections. Uh, Really, really good player there on the defensive back end. We'll continue a little bit of our Bears conversation because Matt Eberflus confirmed today he will be the defensive play caller moving forward despite their new D.C. We'll be right back on the Lombardi line. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 